Could not be more pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast, Matt Damon. Are you one of those Patriot fans that takes Lee in the Jets and the butt fumbling? Scene? I made the Liberace movie this year, so that's fine. <laughs> There's some butt fumbling in that movie, too. Just a wee little bit. <laughs> Larry David, good to see you, sir. I think a lot of writers can be offensive coordinators. What's harder? If I could write stories, why would I be able to draw up a play? He is none other than Broadway, Joe Namath. If Mark were to get the nod, and if he played decently, if, uh, if, what a big word for only two letters, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Cannavale. I told you my Derek Jeter story. I had Yankees, Atlanta, for the World Series. Screaming, screaming, screaming. Nothing, nothing, nothing. He doesn't even look at me. Finally, last at bat, eighth <laughs> inning, yeah. Jeter comes up. Derek! Just turn around, man! Just turn around! <laughs> Finally, he like dumb. He does the thing with the weight. He's about to go up. He turns around. He looks at me. He goes, "Bro, I hear you." <laughs> Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Hey, everybody, welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, fresh off the MASH unit known as week number seven in the National Football League, getting set to hit the midpoint pretty much of half of the NFL. Week eight of the 2013 National Football League season. I am your humble host, Rich Eisen. Chris Brockman, good to see you, sir. Rich, how's it going, man? I am doing fine. Chris Law, good to see you on the other side of our glass here in the... uh, um, Rich Brockman, always a pleasure. Ritzy Diggs. Yes. In which I was we all say, tape our podcast. Does this room have a name? Should we come up with a name for this room? Uh, I think um, I think the guys from Damashek have named it Studio 66. We, what does that mean? He's, you know, it's he's from the Sor- I know. He's it's a Sorkin he's a little, show, he's right? his own. He's his own. He's his own world. I mean, he also has the wall of 66. We don't have a wall. It's just it's just the room in which we tape. Yes, yeah, it's it's, it's uh, NFL Network. Because we don't dangle participles here. Yeah, there you go. I don't know where to start with this week. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but Monday morning I had a pit in my stomach thinking about all the guys that got hurt. Oh, no kidding. I, I think for, uh, you know you never want to see a guy go down, but I think I feel the most for Reggie Wayne. Yeah, that, that one, one hurt me yeah. too. Because well, I mean, he's a friend of the program, right? Of course, good dude. I mean, he had uh, the you know. It's all a great t- tough for Cushing too. I mean, after what he went through C- last year, Jamal Charles went low to block him and just essentially blew up his leg. Oh man, same leg, right? They tweeted at each year. other like uh, respectful tweets to each other on Sunday night. Uh, Cushing done for the season. Leon oh. Hall blows out his Achilles, which is a big lo- blow for the now five and two. By the way, Cincinnati Bengals who come home to take on the. Four and three New York Jets, who beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in overtime. I mean, should that win have an asterisk on it? No, it should not. Wins, I don't see any pictures in the standings. You masshole! Yeah, how much you know, are you going? I mean, I'm just saying. My brother texted me because oh, yeah. you know we're a big Jet family of in course. the Eisen household. Growing up, he texted me: Patriots lost in very Jet-like fashion. <laughs> By the way, think about the two, uh, if the Jets had lost that one, or no, just think about the two Jet wins that they've gotten because of gifts, you know, the, the late hit hey, week one hey, and the, some hey. obscure rule in week seven. Well, you could say that if there's any team that deserves a break, you know, although the Jets made their own breaks in the preseason, Rex Ryan is saving his job, guys. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Rex Ryan is saving, I mean, that man can coach defense. And with the, the play that we're referring to is the shove on top of the – uh, I guess which I forget which Patriot shoved another Patriot into a, it was Chris a, an Jones, offense. Chris Jones, yeah, shoved a Patriot into an offensive lineman for the Jets as as Nick Folk was missing 
the 50 plus, game-winning right? field goal, giving Tom Brady quality field position in which to set up Gostowski for his own game winner in overtime. Instead, 15 more yards first down, Jets move folk closer, and that's ball game. Yep. And word is that Rex Ryan saw all that on tape and told the refs before the game, watch out for it. And sure enough, there comes the flag. Well, I also now, heard that Albert Breer had a, a Albert Breer was on fire this week, along with Ian Rappaport, with all of the injuries. Doug, uh, I, I Doug Martin him, out for so. this. Well, Doug Martin. <laughs> <laughs> why? Because I had to after this Albert, past right? weekend with Albert, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah I had to. Well, uh, with Doug Martin supposedly out for the season, and Cushing out for the season. Doug Martin, my rushing champ. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, that 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 uh, the Dolphins and Ravens game went down where that play wasn't called dolphins send the tape to the league office who said you know what you're right and the league then sent out to all of the 32 teams a re-emphasis of this rule with tape saying we're going to call this reminder everyone this is part of the emphasis that we have made in the offseason we are going to call this boom flag comes out jets patriots jets are four and three going to the five and two cincinnati Bengals. but leon hall is out for the season but the Reggie Wayne play taking place in front of the entire United States of America. And not not a hit, just a freak. He cut. The ball was underthrown. Luck pass. had pressure. I mean, Andrew Luck. That's a tough one. Threw, it was one of the few mistakes he made on that night. Threw it behind Reggie Wayne. And as Chris Collinsworth pointed out, if he had hit him in stride, it would have been a touchdown. Right. That would have essentially been the end of the game. And Reggie Wayne would be heading off healthy into the bye week with the rest of the Colts at 5-2. and two. Instead, he is done for the year. And now you have to wonder how you fill his shoes. You can't with the experience that he brings and the, the, the name, talent that he brings. Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. No doubt. The name that's being thrown out is Akeem Nix. Any team that needs a receiver, that name's well, getting Well, I mean, out. his name's getting thrown out there at, for, for, for a deadline Quite trade. a few places. As is Adrian Peterson. That was some Minneapolis. Well, I mean, you have to sit writer. here now and think. Okay, and we'll, we'll talk about this on this show. Food for thought, because we'll hit this later. I want to hit the Colts and the Broncos before our first guest, Dennis Miller, returning to the podcast, phones in. He's not surprising Ali's just phoning in himself. Albino, it's OJ. <laughs> One of the all-time great lines. Oh, yeah. times. Ben Roethlisberger will be phoning in for the now 2-4 and four Pittsburgh Steelers as they have now climbed out of half of the four-game hole that they immediately dug themselves this season. Last time we had him on, he was walking down graduation aisle. Yes, he was. Yeah. With his uh, his paper on Tibet just freshly handed in. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That is true. And um, and uh, he will jo- he'll 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 join us as the the Steelers are trying to go to three and four this week, going to Oakland, which is coming off its bye. And um, Pat McAfee, who blew up Trendon Holiday, beast. The hit of the weekend, probably. And proving again that punters are people, too. And also, as he tweeted out the notice from the NFL that he found in his locker the next day saying that he will be randomly drug tested. Do you think that's real? I thought that reeked of Hasselbeck. That reeked of Hasselbeck. I don't know, man. We'll (laughs) ask him. I think it's Hasselbeck. But as I I retweeted that with the the hashtag of punters are peers, too. Uh, He will be phoning in. But the reason why I bring up Adrian Peterson is what we saw on Monday Night Football was so dreadful, was so positively dreadful. We had Willie McGinnis on our show last week, and Willie even said when I brought up Josh Freeman how he's definitely going to start, and later that day the Vikings did name him the starter despite having only been there for 10 days. 
Remember, Willie was like, I don't know. I mean, he may not know the offense yet. Right. I don't know what they're going to do there. And I said to him, all you've got to do is hand the ball to Adrian Peterson most of the game. This is our guy Dennis calling in. We'll get him right? on here. Yeah. That's all you need to do. So why does he throw it 53 times? It's, it's mind-boggling. But it's clearly not working out there. Which they're part? one and Free- five. Freeman's well, not working well, out? I don't know. Or, I don't know. If, if Peterson, if, well, not they're not going to use him in a game where they should use him. And they're one and five. And Trent Richardson's worth a one. What is Adrian Peterson worth? A one and Jared a two. Allen, Jared Allen may walk in March. What might he be worth? I mean, you got to, if you're the Vikings, think about that. But then again, you also have a stadium that you want to build and fill. Can you so, just imagine Adrian Peterson getting traded midseason after a 2,000-yard year? There would be a revolt in the Great White North. There would be an absolute revolt in the Great White North. There's no question about it's just, it. It's just mind-boggling, like you just said. But we'll talk about, about that. It. We'll talk about that in a moment. But I want to talk about uh, the the game of the week, and and who better to talk about it than a man who's uh, phoning back into the podcast? You listen to his radio show uh, every single day. I love appearing on it every uh, Thursday night football game day. The Dennis Miller Radio Program. Dennis Miller himself returns to the Rich Eisen podcast. How are you, Dennis? Uh, good. I see where Goodell just find those two catchers from the Red Sox Tigers series for. That's a helpless uh, catcher. Well, I, I I think actually he may have fined the um, the Vikings and Giants for hitting defenseless viewers. <laughs> well, I watched on the Monday couch. get hit last night towards the end. Ryan Monday goes up for the Vikings is uh, D back, and I think Carl or Nick lays him out. And I remember thinking, geez, why is that different than that defenseless receiver? At that point, when they say that the receiver's playing wide out there at that point, or the receiver's playing DB there trying to break up the interception, and he hits him and he's down. I'm thinking, where's the defenseless receiver call right there? <laughs> well, I I don't know. I, I know I've got 10 minutes with you, and I don't want to... No, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I was talking about last night. No, yeah, I know no, that. Uh, I know that. I'm like, trying to figure out how much to talk about that Monday night game. I mean, that's one of the worst... Yeah. I've ever seen. The big thing in a game in the year 2013 between the Giants and the Vikings is who do you think Tarkenton's going to start for? (laughs) (laughs) That's when you know you're screwed. That's one of those preseason predictions you could never have had that Peyton Hillis would outperform Josh Freeman and Adrian (laughs) Peterson for a Giants' first win of the season in week seven against the Vikings. And the night before, the actual Peyton. That's right. Well, clearly Eli and Peyton can't win on the same week no, this year. No. It's uh, it's a sibling. It's sort of a sibling anti-matter rivalry <laughs> or something. Um, but uh, listen, before we, I just have to say how happy I am for Peyton that he gets that reception. I mean, who's, that was great. You're there on the beat every day. Who's classier and nicer than Peyton? Well, I think that the thing that that struck me, uh, and that shows you who he is as a man yeah. and a person was after the game, the number of team personnel and equipment folk from the Colts who came up to him, cops and security guards who clearly had been with him for years, and even though he just took one in the chops, literally and figuratively, on on, on Sunday night, he stopped and chatted with all those folks before if going Peyton off the field. If didn't exist, Frank Capra would have had to invent him. Because <laughs> that's exactly what he is, a Capra-esque Hero. It reminded me, and then also in an odd way, I got to give some kudos. And I'm sorry, this is the last time I go across the Allen Sports, but the Jimmy Leland class act too. Good for him. Yeah. No. There. No. That's that's we we go cross we go cross. But we had well, Cal Ripken phone in the other he day. Might be, you know, he might be knocking off a pack of LSMFTs by the seventh inning strike. But <laughs> God bless him. He's a good guy. Yeah, that's right. The the uh, Verlander wasn't the only one with the heater. 
<laughs> right? He had his own heater. Well, what what did you make of the Denver Indianapolis game, Dennis? Um. Well, let me see. Um, I, I I don't as much as Peyton wants to go back home. You know, I saw a couple passes there up front where it is a wobbly evening in a way. You know, listen, when you go to the field, you know, it's like when fighters used to talk about, you hear old fighters, no, no, I never never make love to a woman before a fight. You know what I mean? They always would talk about how it would siphon off their energies in some mm-hmm. libidinal way. I don't care how much you think you control your own game, when Peyton Manning is going back to that dome, uh, there's a lot of emotion out of it. I don't know that when you get to the field that you're not a little drained. You remember when Favre would get jacked up? He'd always overthrow the first couple ones. You know, like when he'd come out breathing fire, he'd always start winging high. I saw a couple wobbly passes. I just thought, well, Peyton's back home. He, listen, he had a great game. I'm, I'm just saying it was. Uh, it must have been tough for him in an odd way going back there in another uni. And plus, Lux, you know, Lux, the new Peyton. I mean, you look at him, you go, my God, this kid was raised well, too, right? Yeah, and, it's, and you know, they, obviously their DNA is, uh, football DNA is intertwined in that regard. And, you know, there's a lot of folks that thought that Robert Mathis of the Colts was blowing Peyton yeah. up so often and in a manner in which he has not been hit that that he might have been hurt, Peyton, during that game with those wobbly passes, other than just maybe the butterflies. He, he might have actually not, not been 100% after he got touched. Well... I don't know. Is is it too early to hint that Mathis and Freeney might be Hall guys? <laughs> I, I you know I, I I don't want to be Peter King. I'm not in the room. I don't have a vote. But I've been watching those guys. I know the White's not there anymore. But how how many times you, I'm watching Mathis think, what is he just out of the combine here for God's sakes? Out of the blocks like Houston McTeer. Uh, he's a he's a great great player. I had not heard the thing that Kenny Norton had broken Peyton's jaw earlier in the fight, but uh, it would appear that maybe that happened. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you are right in the fact that with Freeney gone now, Mathis gets the spotlight on him that he never had in the same way that maybe uh, Marvin Harrison took the spotlight away from Reggie Wayne. But you know, now in our knee jerk league. I think we'll be spending a week talking now about how vulnerable Peyton is and how vulnerable the Broncos suddenly yeah, might well, we be. We've got to fill a lot of time. You remember it used to just be Brookie and Summerall had to fill an hour once a week. <laughs> They'd have a couple cocktails at Bookbinders, hook up with the state guy and knock it out. We're filling 24 hours a day, seven days a week here. And I find the knee-jerk behavior eventually lurked leads to sort of jerky behavior, but what else are you going to do? We got you cover the waterfront. You got to talk about it. I don't know. It's a long season. I sometimes think getting hurt for four games, like Cutler, if your team can kind of get through it, mm-hmm. uh, is not a bad thing. It's almost like some break you need because guys who don't get hurt sometimes make it to the finish line and they're just, uh, you know, they're 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 leaving flotsam and jetsam in their wake. I've seen Roethlisberger make it to the show sometimes. He's been so beat up. It's like David Carr or something. So maybe a four-week break in the middle enforced by some sort of injury is not a bad thing. Yeah, we got Roethlisberger phoning in uh, right after you, too, Dennis, and I, I know you're a Pittsburgh guy. Well, give him, listen, that guy, man, uh, I, I don't know anybody his personal life. I mean, uh, he, he seems like he had some screw-ups and he had a road to Damascus moment. Good for him. But all I know is this. For a big man to have that sort of radar in the pocket absolutely blows my mind. I'd only seen a few people who give that over-the-shoulder look when the back end's collapsing on them, where they have the the, the uh, cojones and, you know, specific genius that they can 
forget about looking forward and maybe getting their head taken off by an onrushing uh, lineman and look over their shoulder for a millisecond and glance what they've got behind them. And when I, you know, I've seen Roethlisberger do that so many times. God, I don't think the Steelers. Uh, when they might have one without him, I don't think they have two without him. Well, I mean, he he and the Steelers are now suddenly they cut their deficit in half. Yeah, because Tomlin's a listen. Tomlin's a great after Belichick for me is a freaking genius like Walsh. Uh, I, Tomlin absolutely boggles my mind, and Tomlin says everything he needs to. Forget standing at a chalkboard when he says, "I don't want anybody flipping over in the end zone anymore." You know what I mean? That's such a beautiful move. Uh, it's like Parcells. Men like to be men with men when they're playing football. And when Tomlin says, I can guarantee you nobody's going to be doing any more flips in the end zone, I think that does more to jack guys up than anything you want to do in Shiano land where you're telling people to leap the line <laughs> and take Eli out as he's doing a kneel down. Did you see? I don't know if you saw that, but Matt Ryan for the kneel down against the Buccaneers this week <laughs> went in shotgun. <laughs> he did. It cost me fantasy points. Is that right? Because he took Cause he was negative rushing oh, yards. Oh, what a beautifully eloquent way to state that, right? <laughs> he uh, went into shotgun formation to oh take the knee against Shiano. Well, good for him or Spitty, whoever came up with that thought in the land of That is a beautiful. Listen, Shiano, you just got to cool your jets, man. It's like Coughlin saying, if you're five minutes early, you're late, and all of a sudden Baselli looks at you and goes, listen, are we going to win here? Or are we going to pretend we're in, uh, you know, uh, Paris Island, for God's sakes? Make some adaptions. And I don't see Shiano doing it. And I don't know if the Glazers, put it this way, the Glazers are paying a lot of attention to soccer now because they don't want to look down on the <laughs> You used, I think, when I was on your show last Thursday, a Captain Quig. Reference with his strawberries. <laughs> like, where's my strawberries? Where's his strawberries? I know. Somebody told me that the cat who won the, maybe it was my producer, told me that the cat who won the Super Bowl trophy, uh, uh, the MVP, you remember that Dexter Jackson? Yeah, 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 name? from the Bucks years ago. Did you hear that story? That he no. showed up in, at his practice and uh, Shiano had him escorted off the field, didn't know who he was? Oh, my Lord. Thought it was one of those spying things. Can you flesh that out? Maybe it's an uh, apocryphal story, but I will. Well, I mean, you got to take that on the air if you did. That he said, "Who's that guy?" Nobody kind of knew him. It's not like you're talking about, you know, Johnny Unitas or something. That Dexter Jackson, God bless him, had a great game. He's a Super Bowl MVP, but I don't think you'd know him on site. But anyway, before before he says, "Who are you?" What are you doing? He's escorted off the field. Does that not say at all about Buckville, right? Well, now? if anybody knows, it's Sap. And Sap's joining us on Thursday all night right, well, in, in Tampa. Good morning. And I, I think I'm going to talk to you a few times in the next few weeks, if it's okay yeah. with you. And yeah, no, you, yeah. Well, next time we chat, why don't you give me the lowdown on that? Because that blew my mind. I will definitely okay. do that. Hey, Dennis, I appreciate you calling Who's in. Who's your it? friend there? I hear another voice. Who's that? No, it's my buddy, uh, Chris Brockman, my producer. How you Just doing, like Dennis? You guys. Hey, Chris. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, dude. you Well, thanks for having me, boys. I appreciate it. You what's got the it. big one this weekend? Give me a quick one. Uh, uh, this, I know we're on Tuesday, but what's the big this one? This weekend, Al, Al's going to have to do some juggling because he gets the Vikings. <laughs> the Vikings go back on national television, Dennis. Sunday night with they Aaron Rodgers paying TV a visit. When Gary Larson was a tackle and oh. <laughs> this frequently. Well, I think the big one, to be honest with you, is, is Dallas at Detroit. Because um, Detroit's four yeah. and three, I mean Dallas is four and three. That's a big one in the NFC, and you also have uh, you also have Shanahan returning to Denver. 
with Washington. Well, plus, uh, and, and here's the thing with Dallas-Detroit. This is why I'd go bankrupt betting. If I looked at that game, I'd say two gunslingers, uh, you know, two pretty good young Ds at this point, and I'd say, who would I bet? And I'd say, well, Dallas had a win, right? And Detroit had a loss, so I think Detroit's more desperate, right? Yeah. That being said, Dallas 55-2. They go safety, a safety. And, <laughs> and Indomitian Sue is and going Indomitian to... Indomitian Sue yeah. takes out Clint Longley at the gun. <laughs> Take care, Dennis. Bye-bye. I'll chat with you soon. That's uh, Dennis Miller, everybody. If you're in Huntington, New York on December 5th, you can catch Dennis at the Paramount Theater. And then uh, Dover Downs and Dover, Delaware on oh, January yeah. 17th. So mark your calendars now for Dennis Miller, who is going to be joining us uh, uh, on a on what well, I guess they call it semi regular basis here. Nice on the podcast. You know, Rich Dennis is known for his outlandish uh, references. Yes, and so I was I was googling a couple. Oh, please f- as, fill me in. as he was well uh, mentioning done. them. Well done. What do you have? Uh, Houston McTair. Okay. In case anyone was wondering, <laughs> is a former American sprinter who emerged from desperate poverty in the Florida Panhandle to become an international track star in the mid seventies. He's a five five seven one sixty five. He's a little he's a little what, guy. What part of the brain does that come out of? Yeah, I, I have no idea. Uh, Bookbinders, in case anybody knows, oh, well, is a yeah. famous restaurant in of Philadelphia. That, that one in Brookshire and Summerall <laughs> going to get a to- a toddy in Bookbinders. It's amazing. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't attend a lot of summer school growing up. Road yes. to Damascus is a is a Bible reference. Yes, and uh, for you film buffs, Captain Queeg. Oh well, the, I knew that. Is the, the, the Cane Mutiny. Mutiny? Right, the Cane Mutiny where. You know, he wants his strawberries. Right. Who stole the strawberries? Because instead were, of worrying about running the ship, right. he's worried about the minutia of his beloved strawberries being stolen, of course. which is the whole Shiano aspect. Right. Of, so uh, I'm sure there were a couple early on, now. but it, it was at Houston McTair that I decided to start Googling some of these we references. We should do that from now on. Do, do, you, think, do you think with, uh, with, with the situation in Tampa Bay, I kind of heard the Glazers aren't making a move? Or they're, they're, I mean, what's the point of making a move now? They well, already, they, you know, they, they, when you... The only reason why you make a move in the beginning of in the middle of a season is if A you think the season can be saved and at 0 7 it can't be or B you feel that the fans might come back to the stadium you could put more fannies in the seats and who would you I mean Chiano I, I I don't know off the top of my head might have I'm sure he brought in all of his people yeah. right so who are you going to hire in the middle of the season well, plus he's kind of the polar opposite of what Raheem Moore was, who was a, a player's Morris. coach. Or Raheem Morris. Well, was I mean, a it, but everybody thought of... that they that Raheem Morris, when they were when they went to London, let the team take the channel to Paris. Yeah, and they flew him out there, and they treated it like um, like a cultural excursion as opposed to a business trip. Yeah, you think Jim Harbaugh is going to have the players take the channel for the <laughs> Niners this week? No. no. I mean, are you kidding me? You know, so and and so when you lose, when you lose, that looks like you don't know what you're doing. Right. When you win, you're a player's coach, and everybody's loose and wants to play for you. Shiano, you're hard nosed. You're a disciplinarian, and you are a guy who has laid down the hammer. And players need that sort of thing until they lose, and suddenly you're a lunatic who's out of control right. and has lost control of the Warren locker has room. been saying that in the game day morning on Saturday meeting for a while now. Like, well, if if Chiano is in fact sending Dexter Jackson home, right? Then I mean, then, you look around and you say, "We got some players here. Why aren't we winning games?" What 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 is Revis thinking? You think? I mean, he's thinking the check's cashing, but he's 0-7. He spoke out after week two, I think. He he's 0-7. The Jets are 4-3. and three. If I had told you 
before this. I mean, when we were all talking about oh. Sanchez this, Sanchez that, what's Rex thinking? One team at the seven-week point is going to be four and three. The other one's going to be zero oh and seven. We there's we don't even need to finish the sentence. No, we don't even need to finish the sentence. And the Bucks are kicking off week eight against Carolina, which has a huge game itself to go four and three, and somebody make a game of it in the NFC South. I know Atlanta won, but still, against th- the Bucks. But Carolina, another game in which Sam Bradford blew out his knee. He's done for the season. Poor guy. And Monday night, poor guy. Let's Tariko. I, you know, I tweeted stuff out about how bad the game was on Monday night, and felt like maybe I shouldn't do this. Not because I'm an NFL guy, but I'm an NFL Network guy. And you know how, if that game happened on a Thursday night, right? What an absolute. Crusher that would have been. People oh. like, oh, Thursday night football stinks. The product's awful. It's terrible. Players aren't ready to roll. You know, and we've got Minnesota coming up. We do have the winless Bucks this week. We do have Jacksonville on the schedule to come. Our Niners Rams game wasn't let's 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 call it scintillating, wasn't that? <laughs> so I've been there, but that was brutal on Monday night. I mean, with with everything from the Vikings only points being scored by on special teams right. who then blows the pick six of Eli that you knew you were going to get one opportunity yep. the way Eli's playing this year, blows it, forces the punt that he then fumbles <laughs> onto the two-yard line by not getting touched. Not the only special teams fumble the Vikings had on Monday night. Sharif Floyd fumbled it. Big what? man with football. He fumbled it. Why is he on the kickoff team? But wait, let's get to this now. And I, I know we haven't talked about the Colts and the, the, the yeah. Broncos yet, but we're we're sort of freestyling Free, this. Well, over. While we're waiting for Roethlisberger By to way, call him. We're, we, wait, we're, we're just going to go with people calling. We're just going to do it <laughs> today. You mentioned you tweeted out and you shouldn't have. Did anyone see Bob Lee on Twitter last night? Because he was on fire. He was in Fuego. He was I, I responded. He talked about how it was Breaking Bad. He thought like, that was the last episode of Breaking Bad. So I retweeted that. And I said, up the purity. <laughs> Somebody, he, he tweeted, uh, Darlington tweeted, like, get someone get Tariko a drink, and he replied, neat. <laughs> like, well, Tariko was, was calling what he saw, which right. is the beauty of Mike Tariko. Yeah. He's not a company man. Syracuse. You know, he's not a company man. He's a guy, he called what he saw, and it was brutal. It was terrible. Not but great. the thing that drove me crazy, the thing that drove me nuts, is you have the beast in the backfield. <laughs> and you can sit here and say, well, the Giants were showing eight-man fronts, nine-man fronts, and that's what you have to do against the nine-man front is throw it. Make them respect the arm and the passing game, and it'll open things up for Adrian Peterson. As if Peterson didn't have nine-man fronts staring at him in a 2,000-yard season last year that he ran through anyway? Yeah. And you've got a guy, they showed, I blew, uh, this was the sh- the. The, the shot of the night. ESPN showed Bill Musgrave, the offensive coordinator, on the sideline with the play sheet that looked like a cocktail napkin. <laughs> Usually a play sheet is as huge right. as, a, as a menu. You know, and he reads at least is, but it's usually something that you can cover your face with, right? Which <laughs> right. Silver and I always talk about. We don't understand it. Because when you cover your face with your play you're sheet, showing the whole you're showing scene. half your play sheet. Right. It's called a screen grab. It's 2013. Right. You're showing half your sheet. And if you flip it over to sh- cover your mouth again, you're giving away the other half. <laughs> but oh, you got to block the lip readers. 
At any rate, Musgrave couldn't even cover half his half his mouth with what with his play sheet. Because they didn't have they didn't have what are you going to do? This guy just got there in Josh Freeman, but it was obvious that Freeman was rusty or he's ineffectual. Gruden even said at halftime that they should throw out Ponder right. or or Castle. He's saying, look, it's a winnable game. Cutler is out for who knows how long. Four weeks. They're four and three. The Lions just lost. They're playing Dallas this week. They're four and three. The Packers are four and three. You could be two and four playing the Packers next week. You got to win this game against a winless team. It's winnable now. Go do it. But everyone's wondering, is Frazier playing Freeman because he doesn't want him? And Freeman was stinking up the joint? And that's a way to show an up yours to the general manager in front of the owner. Man, I haven't, the owners, I haven't heard who, that. By the way, you can't discount. They're from New Jersey. The Will family is from New Jersey. This is a big game for them in that building in front of their home state crowd. I don't buy that because Frazier doesn't strike me as that type of, yeah, of guy. Yeah, deliberately tanking a game. Not tanking, but. Yeah. Then you have to think this. How do you not go to Ponder or, or Castle there? Because why? You're, you're saying that we have to build something with Freeman? What are you building? You're one in five if you lose this game. I mean, what are you building? I said it earlier. Why does he have 53 pass attempts? That, and it all comes down to that. If I'm Leslie Frazier, and you know I never, ever, we've done this show for three years. I don't call for coaches' heads on this podcast. Because I, I know coaches. I've, I work with former coaches. I know what it means to call for somebody's head. And I know what it means when they lose a job. What it means to families, kids, schools. But if I'm Leslie Frazier and I'm seeing when it's still 17-7, 10-7, Josh Freeman, airmail receivers, and your beast is back there, what are you doing? Perfect example. Perfect example. They get a gift turnover deep in the Giants' end. Peterson runs the ball, first and ten. I'm like, boy, that's it. They're in the red zone. Just ride them into the end zone. Keep giving it to them till the Giants stop them. Keep giving it to them. Next play, they go play action. Freeman flips it over the middle late, and he's picked by Antrell Rowe. End of opportunity. That was a bad pass. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Before, I, Wait a minute. I'm not finished. Before the end of the half. They're in field goal range. You remember that? They're in field goal range. Who takes a big sack to take them out of field goal range and they punt it away? You've got Blair Walsh who can nail it from the old Brendan Byrne arena with that leg. And what do you do? Instead of run it with Peterson, take the three and tie the game and go into halftime. They run it. They They run a pass play. And Freeman takes a sack over and over again. And the final numbers were alarming. 16 overthrows for Freeman. I'm not even counting incompletions. Overthrows for Freeman. Three more than the number of carries Adrian Peterson had on the night. Oh. 13 carries. He only had 13 carries? Yeah. So 2.2 yards a carry, though. When it all comes down to it, if you are the Minnesota Vikings... 
and you're one in five, and you're paying three million dollars to that to that quarterback, Josh Freeman. What do you do? And Freeman, after the game, goes in front of the media and says he was a hair off. Did you hear that? <laughs> a hair off. Just, just Look, a hair. I'm Let me tell you. Wait to a give minute. the guy a break. Though. If, I mean, if two he, weeks. If, hold on a minute. If he's a hair off, then I'm a hair <laughs> off. <laughs> me too, Rich. Okay, uh, and and I say this. You're right. It's two weeks. What are you going to do? So then, you know what you do? You run the football. Yeah, and you well, give that's, him. That, but that's not you Freeman's make sure fault. That's that the he's coaches. 15 to 20 attempts right. max. That little cocktail napkin should say Peterson he, right, max. Peterson left. I tweeted Peterson this out. Middle. Do you know the yeah. number of tweets I got back? Well, six man front, seven man front, eight man front, nine man front. Like we're all like we're all in the in, on the playbook show, right? Yeah. We're all we're all breaking. We're we're all spot. They're shadowing. nine wide. They're we're nine all, wide. We're all, we're all we're all 22. Right. <laughs> the guy won an MVP, 2,000 yard season, doing the same thing. Running yeah. against the same fronts. Mismanagement mismanagement has been rewritten by what we saw Monday night. Yeah. And I'm sort of done. I'm sort of done. And part of this has nothing to do with fantasy. I won both of my games. Nothing to do. I don't have Adrian Peterson on either of my teams. Co-tidy bad is 6-1. and one. The Fishmonger League, I'm 4-3 and three with enough points to tie-break me into a playoff bracket right now. Nothing to do with it. May have something to do with picking Minnesota <laughs> in the game day morning. <laughs> morning, and you would have won the whole pool. thing. Yes, and Dion won it for a third time, and I'm going to hear it from him when I go to Tampa for an 0 and 7 team. And I'm also tired, so I'm cranky. <laughs> Rich, okay. I was at I'm your about ha- to go on a I flight to Tampa for an 0 and 7 team. It's you, a madhouse. <laughs> you was at that. You watched the Denver Indianapolis I game. Did. Oh. Madhouse, right? House Eisen is a mess. Jeez. The fact that I'm standing. Thanks for the invite, guys. Conversing. For Colts, Broncos. Appreciate that. Well, you have you have a wife. That's true. I do have a Still a, waiting a on my wife. invite to wife. the Aaron Andrews after party. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, there we go. Uh, no, but just on Josh Freeman, though, a part of me doesn't want to blame him because, look, he has been there two weeks. And then the other part of you is he's still an NFL quarterback, and some of those throws, whether you know the offense or not, you can hit an open receiver. <laughs> right. And that has nothing to do with. It was pretty uh, bad. I mean, it, some of that was <laughs> like I rough. said to, and like I said to Dennis Miller, Sunday night football, little different atmosphere this coming week, as opposed to that monster Watch, game, game. monster game, set records for Sunday night football. 20, Peyton Manning returning twenty five million, something like that. Peyton Manning returning to Indy, monster game this week. Green Bay goes to Minnesota. So Josh Freeman and the Vikings are back in front of even larger audience on Sunday Night Football. And uh, just to get everybody ready, mentally prepared, they've got to be better by the time we see them on Thursday Night Football when RG3 and Washington goes and visits them to kick off Week 10. You know, if for the, another nationally televised appearance, and then that'll be the end of it because nobody's flexing into Minnesota <laughs> after what we saw on Monday Night Football. Which, by the way, Monday Night Football best get used to um, some interesting matchups. Let's put it that way, because this Monday night is Kellen Clemens starting for the Rams against Seattle. Oof. Okay, Seattle's back on national TV. The week began in Arizona. And I'm telling you guys, that was unbelievable. 
Oh, that post game show was fans. insane. It was like well, a home game for Seattle, right? We, we we watch the game in a green room when we're not standing on the sidelines. Yeah. And the television that's in the green room is what you get at home. So we're it's a delay. Delay. It's a delay. It's about a five six second delay. But the green room that we have in Arizona is set up just off the one of the end zones. Okay. So it's loud. Every time there was a dull roar, it was something positive that we were about to see unfold on our television sets for Arizona. Every time it was a stands-shaking, ear-splitting roar, it was when something positive was about to unfold for Seattle. And this was University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. I've never seen anything like it. And, and when we were doing the pregame show and they opened the gates... The number of Seahawks fans that came spilling in was shocking. Tweet something out now. Let's see how many times it can get retweeted. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we tested that. You're referring to yeah. earlier in the season when I said, yeah. I think Seattle's the best team in the NFL when they were like 4-0 or 3-0. I think 3-0. And yeah. it got retweeted over 500 times. Yeah. You know, and, and as opposed to the um, Adam Schefter tweet about uh, Jacob Tammy's return to Indianapolis was getting overlooked that got retweeted 1,800 times, that tweet uh, coming 12 hours after I tweeted something very similar. <laughs> Shefty. Shefty. Twitter war. At any rate, long story short, I thought to myself, you know what? They're the road team. Maybe they're the ones who are coming in first because they don't have a, they, you know, they're not tailgating. They don't have the hibachi with them. Right. Like the home team does. They outnumbered them. I'm telling you, they certainly were louder. And then maybe about 8,000 fans. This, this is Big Ben Dylan. Okay. So I'll get him on the line. You got us. it. Maybe about 8,000 fans were around the postgame show set. And it by, was loud. By far the biggest. It was so loud. Post-game. And the shots that Big Game James Lytle on the steady cam was getting. And then our game crew stank, sticking around and shooting Russell Wilson's entrance into right. the, back into the stadium from high atop the stadium to see the spectacle that was going down. It was awesome. Our crew nailed it. And Seattle is uh, tied, uh, is now in first place in the NFC half game by itself. Normally, you see fans like that on the road. You think that's Steeler fans because the Steeler fans can travel. And they love their Pittsburgh Steelers. And they love their quarterback. That they do. Who joins us right now back on the Rich Eisen podcast, fresh off of victory against their hated Baltimore Ravens. Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben, good to speak with you. Rich, how's it going? It's been a while. It has been too long. Last time we spoke, you had just turned in your paper on Tibet into your professor. That's, right. That's how That's long right. ago it's been. Wow, it's been a long time. I, <laughs> since then, I am a uh, Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, I'm just a scholar and I'm on the road. So. Yes, yes, you're a scholar on the road where you're going to be this week in Oakland. How, how are things for you, Ben, right now? You feeling good? Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, what's today, Tuesday? It's Tuesday after a Baltimore game, so it's uh, you're feeling it's good it. mentally, but you're feeling it physically. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it, it's good, though. You know, it's, uh, it always feels better when you get a win. Well, I mean, after the loss in the U.K., you said we have to be the worst team in the NFL. And was that just frustration talking, or did you really believe that? I mean, did, when, you, when you said something along those lines, Ben? Well, I was talking – obviously it was frustrations after a loss, but I, I was talking about our record. I, I, don't, I don't ever think we're the worst team, but I'm, you know, speaking record-wise, we were 0-4, and that would make you tied for the worst team in football. 
So, you know, it, it was kind of, um, you know, I know some people thought that it was, I was saying, you know, I was speaking in general about our team, and I'll never think that we're the worst. I always think we're the best team on the field every week, no matter who we're playing. But I was just speaking uh, record-wise, and I don't think you can call me a liar for it. Yeah, you were 0-4 at the time, and now just yep. two games later, you have cut that hole in half. You've dug yourself halfway out of it as you head to Oakland, uh, where you know it's never easy, and you, you definitely know that firsthand. How, how have things changed? I mean, just from, from that moment when you're in Wembley, wondering what in the world has hit you, to where you're talking to me right now, feeling a little sore after a win that makes you feel less sore. Yeah, you know, it's... Um... We we were getting better every week. Uh, I know it wasn't showing on the win loss column, but every week we were getting a little bit better. Uh, I think the biggest issue was was offensively we were just turning the ball over too much, and uh, we eliminated that the last two weeks. Um, you know we we had one last week, but we we overcame it, and it you know that that was the biggest thing is we were just making too many mistakes on offense, and we couldn't uh, you can't afford to do that uh, when you're playing good teams and. Uh, you know, we, we just we just kept trying to get a little bit better, and we kept believing in ourselves, and uh, that was the biggest thing. Is we never lost confidence or faith in ourselves. We just uh, had to play better. How much did Le'Veon Bell's return have to do with it to add that balance that you were missing over the first three games that you lost? Right, right. Yeah, it was it, it was great having him out there. I mean, uh, I've always said, you know, being a balanced offense makes us the most dangerous, and he's done a great job of coming in and it being a threat in the run game, and he's done some good things in the past game play action game so um you know him him coming back and being healthy and getting Heath Miller back healthy has really uh, benefited our team and our offense and now you're 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 two and four in that regard let me ask you about a few questions that all of us from outside uh are wondering and you know we all think that you can't stand your offensive coordinator Ben and that you and him are <laughs> buttonheads what what is the reality of your relationship with yeah, Haley. That, couldn't be fur- that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, Coach and I get—I mean, we're not like going to dinner and having each other over to each other's houses, <laughs> but you know, we we get along great. Um, you know, we we believe in each other and, and what we're doing, and you know that that's always our number one goal is, is trying to win football games. And uh, you know, last year we just we got to meet each other for the first time, and it was a learning process. And he was learning about me and me him and other coaches and players, and it, it's been it's been great. We've had we have a, a really good relationship. And are you are you just? I mean, when you freelance, you're just you're just so you're, you're yourself. You know what I mean? Like it just looks like you. And then when you're when you, that's the whole concept that people think that maybe you're not able to do what you do, which is play play football and make plays after your hit. You're one of the few quarterbacks where the play begins after your hit, as opposed to the play <laughs> ending when you're hit. And and well, that and that this offense doesn't allow you to do that. Is that a fair assessment in that regard, Ben? No, I mean because the thing is, is that I, I never like you know people say, oh, you're, you're good scrambling and you make plays, you keep plays alive. Well, if if I had my choice, I'd rather just sit back in the pocket and throw the ball, <laughs> um, you know. And and so I only I only do those things like I don't break the the, the huddle and say, okay, this play I'm going to scramble around or this play I want to improvise. It usually happens because something breaks down, and um, you know this offense is is good. I mean, it, it, it's got us going to get the balls in the hands of the playmakers, and if it's not there, then I'll try and create something. And a lot of folks are wondering that the the, the offensive inconsistency and the the zero and four start was was born in many ways the minute that that Pouncey went down in week number one. How how would you assess that, Ben? Well, it hurts. Um, 
you lose the best center in the game, uh, leader of the line, uh, you know, kind of the guy who was the glue holding all that, that, that group together, and he goes down, and that, that's demoralizing for us, you know, physically, emotionally, everything, because, you know, he's a captain, he's, he's just a, and he's a good friend, and so you feel bad for him, and you were just expecting such a good year from him and the line, and uh, it was tough. So I, I, can, I can definitely say that that was, uh, you know, maybe, maybe part of the reason. And then the defense was slumping, too, with no takeaways for the first four weeks, which is a rarity in the NFL period, certainly for Pittsburgh. What was that like for, for all of you? Because normally when one side of the ball is slumping, the other side can pick up. When it all happens at once, what was yeah. that like for you as a leader of this team, Ben? Well, to me, it's, it, the frustrating part was not necessarily that they weren't getting takeaways, but that we were turning it over so much. So we were, we were shooting ourselves in both feet, you know, <laughs> It wouldn't have been so bad if uh, if they weren't getting takeaways, but we weren't turning it over. But we were turning the ball over so much that it just uh, it, it killed us, killed us as a team, and that was the frustrating part for me. So, w- what was Tomlin like throughout this whole process? Can you walk me through that, Ben? I, I don't think anything changed. Uh, I, I felt like I mean, obviously, people made big deals about him taking games away and this and that, but but honestly. It was just business as usual for us. We just we just went about our our daily business. And said, okay, let's get a win this week, and and that's what we did a couple of weeks ago. We were kind of tired of losing, and uh, we had to do everything we could to, to focus in on one game at a time. And and the ping pong. What was the scoop with the whole ping pong thing, Ben? What was the deal with that with the table? And... It just it was just coach said let's uh, let's take it away. We you know the young guy. We told the young guys not to play and. Coach said he didn't want to divide anybody, so he just took it away from everybody, and we're fine with it. Are you a good ping pong player? Are you good? I'm not too bad. Really? Yeah. But you get, I mean, what? How, where would you rate your game? Like, were you, were you? Were you well, I don't want. I don't want to. You know, I know you've got millions and millions of listeners, so yes, I don't do. want to give anything away in case I have to play somebody sometime. That's true. See, so you're like you know, you're I'm, like you're I'm not bad though. You're like Falk. He won't give out his golf handicap. He refuses. I won't either. Yeah, you really, you really, you won't either. Okay, all right, but it's, it's sneaky good like that. All right, and and so eight total touchdowns, zero turnovers in your last two meetings with the Raiders. What what is your mindset for this game, Ben? Well, take you know as it is, it's taking care of the ball. Uh, we have to not turn the ball over and uh, take care of the business that we have to take care of on offense. Four points, and we need to get in the red zone. We need to to not just kick field goals. We need to get uh, seven points on the board. Okay. And um, going into the the black hole, um, mm-hmm. w- one time I went there to cover a game, and I went up to somebody with a mask that was bleeding uh, and spikes coming out their shoulders. I asked who they were, and through the mask, I heard the muffled answer of "I'm a kindergarten teacher." It, it, it's a it's what? How do you tune all that out, Ben? How are you going to tune uh, all that out? You know what we uh, we actually have a lot of Steeler fans that'll be out there, there and uh, it's great because Raider fans. Always, every every Raider fan ran to when we're out there says, you know, the, you know, we 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 bleed for the the Raiders, but the Steelers are our second favorite team. Is that right? Yeah, that's what they, that's what a lot of them told me that. So, um, you know, they're obviously not rooting for us, but uh, they say when they're not rooting for the Raiders, they're rooting for us. So that's uh, that's encouraging. We'll have a lot of Steelers fans there. They always travel well, and uh, it's a great place to go. You love environments like that. Yeah. Last question for you, Ben. Tell me all about Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger turning one next month tell me all about this kid yeah he's one next month and uh it's gone it's gone fast it's unbelievable he's the best he gets new facial expressions every day 
uh, he's walking, he's crawling, he's all over the place. So he he's, is. Uh, it's great. Yeah, he, well, he's hold, well, holding like you know, holding on to your hand. He's walking. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's not like he's running around. But by by the time I get home, he better be outside doing some three step drops. That's what I was going to say. I mean, are you able to keep him in the pocket, Ben? Are you able to keep him contained? I encourage him to do whatever he feels. It, so, so in other words, <laughs> uh, unlike unlike Todd Haley with you, right, Ben? Is that what feel you're saying? It. He just needs to feel it. <laughs> you're, man, listen, I I just I love talking with you. It's been it's been too long, and yes. um and congrats on the kid turning one. There's nothing like that. I have three now, which I would Thank I would you. I would well, counsel we have against. On the way now, you too. do? Yes. When? Um, the first of April. Wow. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? Uh, we have, uh, we, we, we're about 90% sure we know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, normally it's, it's, there's, you know, there's, 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 there's no, uh, gray area there. I mean, you know, yeah, you, easy, rich, easy. We're, well, we're going off of like, um, like how she feels oh. and things like that. I'm saying, oh, you haven't got, you haven't gotten Polaroids from up, from up top is what you're saying. No, not, not yet. We'll do that probably in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Answer. All right, Ben. Hey, listen. Thanks again for coming on. Good luck. We uh, I always love chatting with you on the show, and and congrats on on the uh, two wins in a row. Thanks, Rich. Always good talking to you, and we'll uh, hopefully talk soon. I hope so. That's Ben Roethlisberger, right. the quarterback, and soon to be father of two, on the Rich Eisen podcast. Ben Roethlisberger, back on the Rich Eisen podcast. Ninety percent rich. Yeah, normally, you, normally, listen. I, I've, you either know or makes, you don't, right? It makes sense that he hasn't taken pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They're going off. They're going to Zen. You know, I mean that 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 just going. You know, we've had two two boys, and then we tried for the girl. Got the girl. It was the first time. This last time, Susie was morning sickness. Had a little bit of morning sickness. So we thought, okay, maybe we we it is different. Can you and the rest of it was you can carry a, 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 the shape a, of the carry, stomach too, carrying right? low, right. yes, or high. Carry low, it's a boy, usually. right? Yeah, I think I don't remember anymore. It is so like as you know, I am so in the soup right now. Oh my goodness! The fact that and my <laughs> wife was pregnant just barely; she was still pregnant seven weeks ago at this time, and I still don't. I don't remember anything about it. You just try to take it one day at a time, hope for the best, as they say. <laughs> and uh, but I do know that if you see in a photograph, you know if something's there or not. Right. <laughs> you know? But We're Ben, right along, ben with two kids, man. Wow. Coming up, Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's definitely, I mean, we, we talked about it last time he was on, just you asked him about his maturity and how much he's mature. Sounds totally different. Totally different. It's dude. totally different. Yeah. Sounds totally different. And he's taking his road to Damascus, as Dennis Miller would say. And, right. and I mean, that that's a big game for both teams. Oh yeah, and they've for always struggled teams. out in Oakland, man. For both teams, a big game. The Steelers. Well, I mean, eight touchdowns and zero picks in the last two games. But going out there, I do recall that going they lost out there. one recently. Yeah, you know, and you know, Oakland needs this game too. Coming off a bye at home, they should win those games, right? And they are two and four, two and four right now with a trip to Philadelphia coming up after that at New York and at Houston. That's a tough four-game stretch for the Oakland Raiders, who, by the way, if they were in the running for Josh Freeman, they were willing to pitch Terrell Pryor for what we saw on Monday Night Football? Look, we're overreacting. It's one game. I, 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 gotta get, I don't know, man. I think for, look, Freeman. Did you watch for, the first four games Freeman played Freeman for threw Tampa for 4, Bay? Four thousand yards last year. You don't throw for four thousand yards in the National Football League if you're a bum. Hey, he was awful for the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks are awful. 
that's that's the problem. Well, then, if you're a good quarterback, you rise up. Tom Brady's not playing with all pros. Still, what we saw, it was awful. With the best running back in the game, most people to balance things out and take the pressure off your quarterback. After what we saw against the 32nd ranked defense coming into that game, you're willing to pitch the Terrell Pryor. Most people Progress can't go to, their, go to their desk job and learn it well in two weeks, let alone a new You're NFL offense You're not and wrong. defense. So You're not I'm going to give him a, a pass. You're here. not wrong. Pass. I don't think Freeman's that bad either. Yeah. But Terrell Pryor, you got to ride him. Yeah, no. you gotta, you got to saddle up with him. True. That you, loss, the week one loss at Indianapolis, Pryor was outstanding. You know, and, and, that's a, and, and, and subsequent action – Shows how tough the Colts are, who have now beaten San Francisco, Seattle, and now Denver. By the way, not to tout my own horn, I'm not one to yeah, do you that did from pick often. It. You did pick but it. I did pick the Colts last week. Well, you know what's interesting? If the season ended today, do you know what seed the Denver Broncos would be? They would be. They would have to go to Indy, right? They would be, They'd the be fifth, five. They would be the right fifth up. seed. Well, that's what happens. That they dropped to second place. Behind the undefeated, lone undefeated. How about that? The last undefeated team. I'm all aboard the Kansas in City 2013. Chiefs. I mean, I know like, people are saying Reed, how they, they haven't had. Chiefs. They've had the easiest schedule in the league to this point. Denver's had the same schedule. Same schedule, except yeah. for the fact that Kansas City is yet to play Indianapolis. But still, I'm very happy for Andy Reid. That's fantastic. Yeah, and and you know, this is a this is a team that defends well. Runs well. well. They had more Pro Bowlers than wins has last a, year. Has a, has a quarterback who doesn't turn it over. You know, and, and they just they don't blow people out. So everybody's thinking, well, how good are they? Yeah. And, and I, then you take a look at who they've played. And you see Jacksonville. You see the Giants. Miami. They went out to Miami. Miami has just lost to Buffalo this week, which is a shocker of week seven. Isn't Buffalo the only team in the league to score twenty plus points in and all their Denver. games this year? And, and Denver. And, and Denver. Well, that's the surprise. Right. Is that you figured Denver? And if we gave you five cracks at the other team to score twenty, you would not say the Bills. Definitely not. But the Bills, the Bills are sitting right there, man. The Bills with Thad Thaddeus Lewis. <laughs> that's Warren says. I mean, Thaddeus has played well, and. They're and, three and, and four. EJ Manuel was playing well. I know. They're three and four. And Buffalo. Where does Buffalo go this week? Let me let me see. Let me see everybody. Buffalo this week. They're three and four after a win at Miami. They're oh, they're at New Orleans, and the Saints are coming off a bye. Thaddeus is going to get himself a piece of the Superdome. But uh, it's time to talk about the game of the week. And that was the uh, the aforementioned Colts win over the Denver Broncos. And you know we could we could phone up a, a bunch of people for this thing, but there's really only one person I wanted to talk to after this. And it's you know I, I could sit here and say I want to talk to Andrew Luck, but that 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 sounds like what everyone else wants to do. The guy I want to talk to is a guy that should have been on this show a very long time ago because he's a person. Yes, he is. And and Trendon Holiday learned that if he didn't already know. It's Pat McAfee on the Rich Eisen podcast. How are you, Patrick? Oh, this is such an incredible honor. I'm marking this down on the calendar as day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it's your birthday like it was Trendon Holiday's birthday on Sunday? Yeah, that's, that's what we'll say. This will be a little holiday in my life, being on the Rich Eisen podcast. Oh, you're just, you're just full of it, Pat. <laughs> Dude, that was fantastic. You sized uh, him up. I, how, far, how far away did you size him up? Where, where, where did you set him? Where were those sights set? How far away? Well, as you know, and as everybody who watches football knows, Trendon Holiday is an absolute game wrecker. Uh, he's the fastest human I've ever seen. And I figured if I just run as fast as I can at the right angle, maybe I'll be able to catch him and we might collide. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was like 20 yards away, and I figured, you know what? I'm a person, too. Yes, maybe I can make this happen. <laughs> and uh, I just so happen to be a blind squirrel finding a nut there, bud. Yeah, oh, damn, did you find a nut. I mean, you cracked the nut. You just, <laughs> I mean, you, 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 I mean, there was smoke nut. Right there. Well, the the bad thing is, is any time a kicker or punter makes a tackle, it means we gave up a huge return. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> uh, if you're going to make a tackle, you might as well do it in a dramatic fashion, yeah, and you, I guess that's kind of what happened. You blew it up. You blew it up. And, and that game, what was it like playing in that game, Pat? What was it like? I think leading up to it, uh, the circuits around it was very similar. I played in the Super Bowl my rookie year. It was very similar to that. I think, uh, obviously, with how much Peyton has done for our city, uh, in years past, and for the Colts franchise, and and all of that, the, the story was already there. The fact that it was on Sunday Night Football, the story was there. But then they're always looking for something. I think when when Mr. Ursay sent out those tweets and whatever happened, the distraction kind of got taken out of our locker room into his office. And uh, for us, it was just another game. To be honest, we knew that a really good team was coming in, and Peyton Manning, who's an unbelievable player with Wes Welker and Eric Decker, was coming in. And it was going to be a little emotional to see him again. And Jacob Tammy, who was one of my friends, actually, uh, to see him again, it was going to be cool. But the distractions weren't really as big as I thought they were going to be. The circus was huge, but the distractions weren't there as much. And then the 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 atmosphere in the building, just from sitting on my couch, I could feel it. Just seeing Peyton coming in. How, how do you how do you think uh, Manning handled it walking in? I mean, just knowing him and how he was able to carp. I guess compartmentalize it. How, what do you think was going on there, Pat? Well, I think sitting in the hotel before the game, I looked out. We stay in a hotel downtown, and there was a lot of orange 18 jerseys walking to the stadium. Unbelievable. I didn't really know what how Lucas Oil Stadium was going to be. And then when we get in there and Peyton comes out and they do the video montage for him, and Peyton's usually a pretty robotic person. He's, he's very – he just – everything's just, you know, how it's supposed to be. Just this is this, this is this. He kind of got emotional a little bit, and I think the uh, Indianapolis Colts fans gave him such a warm welcome and thank you for everything he did. And then once the game started, they completely were 100% on the Colts side. And uh, I think it goes deeper into the, the football intellect of our fans, and they actually caused them to have a delay of game one time. So I think it was something that all Indianapolis Colts fans and players past and present would be something to be proud of because they respected the hell out of one of the greatest players of all time. But then when the game started, they went nuts, and it was it was a hell of an atmosphere. Did uh, do you think Mathis hurt him? Do you think Mathis hurt Peyton? I think uh, going into the week, whenever you have the league leader in sacks going against a not starting left tackle, I think that has to be something that Peyton thought about a little bit because um, if you can move Peyton off the spot, obviously he's a rhythm guy. He's He's unbelievable, and you put Wes Welker, Eric Decker, Demarius Thomas, the list goes on and on, guys like that he's worked so much with. If you have the league leader in sacks who can put a little pressure on him, I think that helps. But I think going into the game, Peyton knew that 
he was going to be facing a hell of a defense, which is what we have this year. But Robert was just as excited as everybody else to get out there, and uh, he's a weapon for us, Robert Mathis is. Yeah, I made a mistake of tweeting about Walden, uh, his comrade on the other side. About, yeah, he wasn't happy with you. Yeah, are you serious? You're serious? Because, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I like to be liked, Pat. No, you know? no, I just saw his tweet back about him wearing his own number. Yeah, because I, well, I made a point of, you know, I was sitting with Chris Brockman, my producer, who's sitting right here with me, and, you know, we noticed how uh, we're used to seeing a 93 come around the, the edge. And, you know, all of us in the media, we, we like we like storylines. We like to, to notice something that might harken back to another day. And since it was all about homecomings and old school and new school and old times, the way that Walden was playing, how he rushed Peyton into uh, an interception and then forced the Hillman fumble, I talked about how Walden was beasting about it. And he wears Freeney's number two. And he, he, he did say, uh, I, I, wear, I think it was, I wear my own number, bra. Yeah. I think I he dropped a bra on me. I follow both of you on Twitter, so I saw the interaction. Uh, I didn't ask him about it. Um, but, okay. he, like, a lot of guys, we have a brand-new team, so a lot of guys are getting compared to, to ex-players. And I think we're all, we're all trying to remember um, our history while building our own legacy, if that makes sense. It does, man. Wow, that was deep. That was freaking deep. I can't. Well, I can't say I made that up. I think I heard it from a Navy SEAL last year. <laughs> <laughs> let's be let, let's be honest though. How much did you know? What about Pagano? How did he handle the week? What was he telling you? I think the big thing for all of us is uh, we all ride with Jim Irsay like he's he's our guy. You know, he does everything he can for our team. Uh, he helps our fans out so much. I don't know if there's a guy that gives away more stuff to fans than he does. Um, so this week was big for him because he had to make a, a, a very difficult decision um, in a time where not a lot, of, a lot of questions were around. So he had to make a decision and run with it. And I think we all just had to get his back. So the week was a big thing with with Chuck and, and our whole team was um, we got to do this for our say, but we also got to do it for ourselves. So I think Chuck is such an inspirational dude, and, and people think just because of the Chuck Strong thing, we all got behind him. But anybody who has ever talked to him, his attitude is infectious. It's just something, it's a guy that you want to rally behind. So he was just being his normal self. It was a little bit more heightened, obviously, because of all the attention. But we were just trying to do stuff for our owner and, and uh, for our team. And just, we we're on a big national stage. It was time for us to show out. And, and, and let, let's be honest now for sure. How much did Hasselbeck play until this week? I mean, you know, Matthew is I think, Matthew's uh, next-level type guy, and, um, and, and, and clearly he had something to do with this whole week. Yeah, I think announcing his retirement. Um, in, 2014. in 2014. Yeah. Yeah, another uh, 17 months, I think. <laughs> that weighed heavy into a lot of our uh, decisions in, in the way we played. I know when I made that hit, I was thinking of uh, – 17 months from now, how the NFL will be completely different without Matt Hasselbeck. Uh, and that's what it's all about. You're right. Matthew knows how to push buttons. <laughs> he totally knows how to push buttons, man. Whenever I read that on Twitter, I went up to him. I said, congratulations, you know. He said, this is old news. It's not happening for another 17 months, and everybody's acting like they're breaking a news story. I said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do without you, brother. You're my holder. He's the backup holder for us. Oh, so. is that right? So, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a tough day for me in 17 months from now. So now, did you really get randomly drug tested, or were you just messing around? 
Oh, that's one hundred percent true. It's uh, really so it was, uh, it's our bye week, so we had got the week off from uh, Coach Pagano, but we had to come in and sign autographs for our sponsors. So I come in. Everybody's feeling good. We're pumped. I feel like a 90-year-old man because I'm not supposed to hit people, <laughs> and I can barely walk. And I go into the to my locker, and there it is. You've been randomly selected for uh, a performance-enhancing drug test. And I thought I found it so comical because it was the first tackle of the year that I've ever had. So have you have you done it already? Have you? Uh... Oh, yeah. I made it happen. Um, you made I, it I, happen. Is that I what they say? Well, no nerves. Well, no. with the guy staring at me, it was good. I mean, I'm looking at the picture on Twitter right now. The funniest part of this whole thing, it says, if you are not prepared to provide an adequate specimen. <laughs> you, well, yeah, you're, you're the adequate specimen. I, I thought that Hasselbeck was behind this. I thought he typed this up, wrote it. He's quite the prankster, so. No, a lot of, yeah, a lot of people, like there was a rumor going on that I just made that up. But I wish I was funny enough to make that up. That was that was 100 percent legit, and uh, it's it, it's literally my first test of the year. So I don't know if it's a coincidence, but I found it pretty comical. Well, uh, I'm told Pat that I need uh, I need to hear this catfish story. I know it already, but I've never heard it from you okay. that that you were you were catfished or almost catfished, tail like. Yeah. Yep. How yep. did please please regale us with this. This tale of, of woe. All right, so, Rich, here's the deal. Back, back before you came out with the punters are people, too, yes. uh, people rarely thought punters were people, and that's how I It's an knew. outrage, Pat, man. That's ridiculous. That's how I knew this was fake. Okay, so I was a rookie in the NFL, kind of sucked at punting, to be honest. I was still trying to figure it out. And uh, there I was floating on the social media world. And this hot hot, hot little Twitter girl, little square photo, Abigail Johnson starts sending me these tweets. Mm -hmm. And she's like, uh, when you play in Houston, you need to come see me. And for the first two weeks, she was sending these messages. I just said, nope, this is fake. She's way too hot for you. You don't deserve this, (laughs) right? This isn't real. So I don't answer. I don't answer. I don't answer. Finally, I give in. She was persistent. So we start chit-chatting a little bit. She starts sending me DMs. I sent her a DM back. Nothing serious. And there was no love falling in it or anything like that. It was just like very casual chatter. And I would check her page, and she had other athletes, professional athletes, responding to her. So I said, oh, this girl must be real. So we send DMs, and uh, she says, next time you're in Houston, you need to come see me. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I'm sleeping one night. This is a true story. I'm sleeping, and I'm walking through an airport. My phone's dead. So I ask a guy, an older heavy set hairy man to borrow his phone in the airport i say hey man can i borrow your phone real quick this is while you're dreaming right yeah this is this is while i'm dreaming this is a dream yeah sounds good so he gives me his phone i look at his phone and the whole conversation between me and abigail johnson's on his phone okay and i i wake up i say oh my god abigail johnson is not a hot girl from houston she is a fat guy in an airport (laughs) so i unfollow her okay (laughs) Fast forward two years, Rich. Mm-hmm. Fast forward two, two years. years. I'm watching a show, Catfish, on TV. Yeah. Guess who's on there? Her? Abigail Johnson is on Catfish on the TV show. Same girl. Uh, and she wasn't a fat, hairy man, but she wasn't the girl in the Twitter picture <laughs> at all. So I felt like I was a prophet, Rich. I really S- felt good about it. You sniffed it out. I did, but the reason was is because I wasn't a person then. You hadn't come out with a T-shirt yet. So, in other words, with me coming out with a T-shirt... 
makes you more susceptible to being catfished as a punter, which is not this is not that's not the purpose of this. The this the purpose of this is this is, as you know, Pat. This is a this is a freaking movement. Yeah, this no is, doubt. But I think you're setting guys up to get catfished now because <laughs> they're real <laughs> Well, then this is a then this is big time uh, news. Um, <laughs> That, and also, I guess, uh, a cautionary tale. That well, just the reason why I came out with that is because I think there's a very high percentage of guys in the NFL that do get catfished that you don't hear about. Uh, so I just came out to say that I believe Manti Tail. I think mm-hmm. it's very possible. Uh, and then I told my own story, and it happened to be comical, and I didn't get caught up with it, but it's 100% true, and that's why I thought Manti's story uh, was possibly true. That's all. Well, and could you imagine if I had a T-shirt, linebackers are people, too. Forget it. Oh, forget it. <laughs> I mean, look out. By the way, Pat, uh, who better to have on the show than when I'm making this announcement? Starting today, there are Kickers or People 2 t-shirts available now. We oh have expanded God. the brand for somebody who, like you, dude, uh, who kicks and punts. Who'd you take? Uh, who'd you use the, pick, the silhouette of? Uh, I don't know. It's like is yeah, it, it's not like, like Jerry West. Jerry West. Like we yeah. should get McAfee to pose. Maybe we should and... get you to pose. I don't know. I've got the busted tees people who are into this thing, and they they have. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you not only a kickers but a punters or people two T-shirt in blue and white just for you, Pat. Oh, when I, I see you, Vinatieri will love it too. Yeah, I'll bring one for Vinatieri. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, by the way. I don't want to hear that any more of that. You know. I mean, yeah, I think I think what he's done, he's put together a resume that guarantees a Hall of Fame no, uh, nod. No doubt. But I think he would love that shirt. All right, I'm going to bring one for you and him. Okay. Uh, when I see you, I believe I'm seeing you in Tennessee, right? I'm seeing I you in uh, yeah. I'm seeing you in Tennessee in a couple of weeks in early hey, November. That sounds all I know is I have a team meeting on Monday at eight that I have to be at. That's all I know. I don't have a clue we're playing next. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I should make up a shirt. Hunters are franchise players, too. See, now we're talking. <laughs> what do you think? Now, now we're making good business decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Trendon Holiday, who ran right in you. He is so fast. I he know. So the re- That's why it was such a big collision, because I was literally running like somebody was chasing me with a, uh, like a pit bull or a lion. I was just running my fastest, hoping to connect, and we just so happened to do so. You connected by the helmets, though, Pat. Are you, are you going to get a letter from the league? I mean, you did yeah. you did touch helmets. Your helmet yeah, hit his helmet. I wasn't targeting, though. So I think it was very apparent that I was trying to get him with a shoulder. So I think if that plays into it, the, the only reason why I'd be really upset if I could find, because then they would deem that I was trying to hurt him, which I wasn't, obviously. I was just trying... Uh, to get lucky and hope that he gets he gets tackled. So that that would be the only thing I'd be upset about. Uh, but I didn't target him. I just tried to tried to knock him out of bounds in a prolific fashion. <laughs> <laughs> that you did. Uh, let's pop your show. How's your show doing, Pat? Oh, it's good. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate that. Uh, tonight I actually have Pat Angerer on the uh, okay. on the show to talk about him getting an interception on Peyton Manning. He should be pretty excited about that. Okay. It's going well. I'm enjoying it, Rich. I study film with you on how to host a show. Okay. Uh, and just kind of keep it moving, bud. You know, I just it, it you just got to take it one segment at a time. Hope That's- for the best, you know, um, and um, control only what you can control. You don't have a crystal ball, and when it all comes down to it, it is what it is. Yeah, well, that's... Use every last one of those cliches in a sentence, and you're ready to roll, Pat. Yeah, I think you just literally said every cliche term 
I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, the, the, here's, here's my fa- three favorite football cliches. I just used two of them, okay? Okay, take it one segment at a time. No, 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 no. That, that's that's, that's low-hanging fruit. That's low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Here are my three favorite cliches. I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. Okay, which is what, which is what p- pissed-off coaches say when they don't want to hear it from the media anymore, when they're like, well, is this player going to be ready? What's going to happen if this matchup takes place? What happens three weeks from now if, if so-and-so is back in time? Or this match? Guys, guys, I don't have a crystal ball, okay? Which is a Nick Saban favorite. Well, the alternative to that is they are who we thought they were. Which is, which is, <laughs> but that's, now that's classic. That's real. That's, that's, that's podium pounding insanity. Which yeah, is no which we all love in the media. Okay, so I don't have a crystal ball. It is what it is. Yeah, that's it always is you. number two, and number one is we can control only what we can control, which I used. But there's a six week period where that is not used, and it's substituted by something else, and that's in training camp when somebody doesn't report, and the you can only control with what you control, or it is what it is, is replaced by. I only talk about the guys who are here. <laughs> You've been in this a long time. Rich. I can. I'm, I only talk about the guys who are here. So if you want to ask me about something else, I'm just letting you know. I only talk about the guys who are here. That is that yep. is very impressive. That you can just basically nail an entire press conference in four cliches. Well, I mean, just want to. I mean, I'm trying to leave you with something for okay. the Pat McAfee show. Well, I feel like I uh, just had some knowledge dropped on me, and <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. Hey, Pat, thanks for calling in. Congrats on uh, on the win, the big win. Congrats on being randomly drug tested. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, I look forward to having you back on the show. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me, and I uh, can't wait to get those T-shirts on Thursday in uh, Tennessee. They're coming up. They're coming All up. Right. E- extra large, right, Pat? I mean, you're, you're, and I'm not, I'm not just saying, I'm just saying, you're extra large, right? Yeah, well, Al Michaels was quick to point that out the other night, wasn't he? I watched, uh, <laughs> I watched the replay, and Chris Collinsworth is complimenting me, which is awesome. I feel good about it. And then there's Al Michaels. Well, let's not get crazy. He does have a 63-pound weight advantage on him. <laughs> he is 233 pounds. I'm like, whoa, Al Michaels throwing my info out on the street. At least he didn't say that. Well, that looks like Jared Lorenzen out there punting. I mean, he... The hefty lefty. He didn't go. He didn't go. That's right. He he didn't go Pillsbury Throwboy on you. Oh well, I'm pretty pumped about that. But it is uh, it is middle of season, and we wear white jerseys, so I try to keep the gut intact. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for calling in, Pat. All right, see you guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's Pat Pat McAfee of the Indianapolis Colts and a, a person on the Rich Eisen podcast. That was fun, man. Did he just become an all-time uh, all-time guest? Right friend there? of the program. Yeah. He's going to be back on a few times. I actually thought about getting him on as a guest who guest. A guest who? Yeah, one of my. But friends. he's never been on, though. I know, but that's what would have made it great because yeah, the punter, the guest who, like, isn't isn't he supposed to have a relationship with Rich yeah. Pryor? Oh, Rich, yeah. Rich knows Pat, though. I, Not I, really. I thought that you was had, the first. No, I mean, don't you remember long-term? when I started coming out with the T-shirts and he was sort of beasting on me on Twitter a little bit because he wanted one. Uh, but it came across as, uh, as a little dickish. No. <laughs> it did. The Don't guy's got a came up to you. I came up yeah, to no, you and I, I said, what's, what's up with Pat McAfee? No, he's a good dude. I met him at a And combine. you told me. That's what you told me. 
Yeah, he's awesome. And ever since then, everything's been copacetic. But that's his first ever appearance on the podcast. You know what? I just realized, too, because I forgot, once I heard him talking again, I heard that Pittsburgh draw. And I realized, we got a Pittsburgh-centric-focused show show with Ben Roethlisberger, Dennis Miller, and Pat McAfee. McAfee. Hey, listen, that's what happens when you win two in a row. If they were 0-6, I wouldn't give it two craps. You know, Rich, you mentioned (laughs) Eric Walden uh, not being happy with you early in the show. His tweet to you was, nah, boss, I wear my number. Yeah, nah, (laughs) N-A-W. Yeah. I thought he dropped me a bra. Yeah, nah, boss. Did you respond, by the way? Of course I did. What'd you respond with? Don't hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) In truth, I actually brought up the Freedy thing before Rich did, but of course, I mean, I'm not... He's not responding to me, of course. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Hey, listen, in the same way that he responded to me as opposed to you, Schefter got 3,000 retweets off of something that got retweeted right. 200 <laughs> times by me. Of course. 13 hours before. Shefty. Good old Adam Schefter. Hey, by the way, uh, friend of the program, Michael Robinson, back with the 12th man hey, in he, Seattle. He, he also, he, that's good for him. Yeah. Man, that team's getting better. Harvin's back practicing. What a difference maker that is. They are going to be... Rolling. If they get home field, man, in the playoffs, who's going over? up there and beating them I in mean, January? I mean, you never know. Obviously, nobody saw the Ravens do what they did in um, in Denver last year. But mm-mm-mm. let's pick some games, shall we? Let's do it. Um, the current leaderboard. Where where are we? Where are we, guys? Yeah, let me let's experts. Get it up Rich here. Eisen podcast. Everybody, let's see how it goes. Last week, I had a good week last week. Last week, um, let's see. Last week, I went, um, I'm 63 and 41 overall. Wait all a minute. I, last I, week, I went. All I have to say is my lead is widening. I don't understand. This is last week, I went 4 and 8. <laughs> oh, you know why? Because I didn't pick some games. Uh-oh. But, uh, and the other ga- and and the games, are, we got to rectify that. <laughs> I went eight and seven. We can talk. What, what, we have to rectify with? that because I, clearly I was going to take San Diego over Jacksonville, Atlanta right. over Tampa, and Green Bay over Cleveland, and those were games that I didn't. I, pick. I heard you were pretty so high in the se- Browns last I week. Went I, seven and, I went seven and eight. Well, I went eleven. And we four. need to fix that. What are those three games? I'll, I'll talk to our guys. Yeah, San Diego over Jacksonville, Atlanta over Tampa, and, and Green Bay over Cleveland. But uh, yeah, I, I missed Denver. I missed Minnesota. I missed Baltimore. I missed uh, Cincinnati. I missed Buffalo. I missed. I took Chicago. And I missed uh, Dallas. I don't know what I was thinking. You know what I didn't do is I didn't revisit this on. Uh, well, what you were thinking was Dallas had their two. D you know what I was thinking? D-line I was thinking I had to interview Brett Favre on live television Sunday morning without yeah. really knowing what was happening. Let's time. Let's pick games this yeah. week. What do we, What do we have here? Let's pick games. Oh, what do we want to go? Here? Uh, here's what I'll go. I'll start it off. Okay. Um, let us pick games this week, starting with. Oh man, Cowboys Lions. Who do you have in this one? Man, Des Bryant and Calvin Johnson on the same field. I saw numbers for the first thirty games of their career. Who do you has? Who do you think's got the better passing, better receiving and touchdown numbers? I guess by the way you're by the way you're phrasing by the way it, you're posing this question, it's Des Bryant, yeah. right? It is. It is. Wow. I'll take the Lions. I think the Lions bounce back, even though they lost at home to Cincinnati. I just think that that this is a shootout that the Lions are going to win. I mean, we thought Eagles 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 Cowboys was going to be a shootout, and that was seventeen to three. And I'm still sticking with uh, I'm still rolling with Dallas. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I, I think Fairly and Sue are going to get to Romo a little more than the Eagles defense did. I'm going to go with the Lions too. Okay. Um. Wow. 
How about Bengals Jets? Okay, I'll take the Bengals in that one. I just need to see, uh, even though I just need to see consistency out of Geno Smith. Every time they win one, they lose. Every time they lose one, they win. It's funny. So they won last week. They're yeah. coming. I just don't see. Bengals I, have back-to-back wins on last second and field And Andy goals. Dalton's lighting it up right now. Andy Dalton. He's lighting it up, although the Jets are, are a team that you think that they can't light it up against. We're going to, by the way, have a very difficult time trying to find some games to pick this week. I mean, I'm going to take well, the Bengals I mean, also. Mar- Marvin Lewis and Ray Rex, know each, or Rex Ryan know each other pretty well, too. So? I, I'm going to go with the Bengals, too. I think we've got a clean sweep there. Okay. All right. What about Big Ben's game? Raiders and uh, Oakland. Okay. Um, I'm going to take Big Ben in that one just because he came on the show. It's that simple. <laughs> and I think that they're on a roll. I think they're doing well, and I'm going to do Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I too, am going to go with the Steelers on the road mm-hmm. as well. Although the Raiders coming off a bye makes it tough. Brockman, what do you got? Uh, I really want to take the the Raiders, Black Hole, and all that stuff, but I can't go against Big mm-hmm. Ben. Can't do it. Man, can't these, do it. There are some bad games this week. What about Giants-Eagles? That's, um, a, that's a pretty big division game. I, I don't want to pick that one yet. If Vic's playing, I'm taking the Eagles. If okay. it's Foles, I'm going to take Vic Eli. Was- Which, by the way, how quickly can a quarterback controversy disappear? <laughs> Well, and the answer the answer is one half of football. <laughs> because everybody last week that was Foles this, Foles that, and yeah, I know it was against the Giants and the Bucks. They have no wins. But he, well, the way he can throw the football, the way he right. runs the offense, the command that he has, Vic doesn't do that. Vic, Vic runs around. Vic can get hurt. Vic's not dependable. Well, everyone was begging for Vic. And then Matt Barkley. Talk about not ready. I mean, that's a tough spot to get thrown in. Tough spot, yeah. But, but wow. He really had four picks, too, because one of them, one got, of them got called back. So uh, I'm, I'm going to hold off on that one. And the last one that I just want to throw out is Falcons at Cardinals. That's sneaky. That's sneaky. Oh, we were oh, talking yeah. about this. You picked up Carson for your... I did. I picked up Carson. I have Andrew Luck in my fantasy league, the okay. Fishmonger League that I'm 4-3 and three in. And so um, by this week. Yeah, I took Carson Palmer. So do you not have a backup quarterback the rest of the way? No. Oh, so you just ride with Luck. I'm just going to ride with Luck. I mean, what yeah, else am I going to no do here? Yeah. I mean, you I, know what I don't like about way, I Here's what natural. I don't like about fantasy is 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 having too many options. <laughs> I don't like it cuz I'm just going to make the wrong move <laughs> oh, and I'm going right. to kick yourself? myself in the head. Yep. Take one quarterback and ride him unless he's so inconsistent that you have to you have to get a backup. Luck. You take a look at who the Colts are playing the rest of the year. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and take a look at who the Colts are playing the rest of the year, and you tell me why I shouldn't keep him for fantasy. When you see them at Houston, home for St. Louis, at Tennessee, at Arizona, home for Tennessee, at the Bengals, which is a week 14, which is a playoff week. That concerns me. They did lose Leon Washington, like you said. Leon Hall. Leon Hall, But they still haven't given up a 300-yard passer in forever and a day. But Luck is not a 300-yard guy. What Luck will give you is the the clean sheet 225, so you don't get the negative points, and he'll throw in that rushing touchdown every now and then that is delicious. And then Week 15 Houston, and then if I need him in in a Super Bowl, knocking on wood, they're at Kansas City, which is not easy. So there is some fraught, some fantasy fraught with danger with Andrew Luck, but I'm sticking with him. But I did take Carson Palmer this week in fantasy. The other options, are, do I take Dalton against the Jets? I almost do. I mean, I guess he has been lighting it up. We had the same conversation. I mean, I don't know. Dalton against the Jets. 
But uh, just concerns me. The Jets don't sleep on them defensively. Falcons Cardinals is more likely to be a shootout. Yeah, to be than to be to be an ugly right. 350 yards, three touchdown, two interception whatever. performance. Exactly. You saw Carson in person. Do you, you you believe in it still? No. That's I was not fun to see, but Seattle games. makes you look bad. Yeah. Seattle makes anybody look bad. Those four guys, let me tell you also, standing on the sideline, looking at that defense, Big. everyone is huge. I mean, Bruce Irvin yeah. is monstrously large. Those those defensive backs, they're like avatars. They're Navi running around out there with helmets, <laughs> and they look bigger with the pads and helmets. And then you see Russell Wilson, who is definitely not six feet. They list him at 5'11". He's, he's shorter than that. And he is the mightiest of them all. I, I, I mean, what I saw what, from the fans, from the coach, and from the players, no wonder these Seattle fans are nuts and pumped. They're great. They may be the best team in the NFL. So who are you taking? Should I fi- tweet that out? Yes, please. Should I do that right now? Do it. <laughs> well, because then we get all these Chiefs fans angry at me. I don't let's want wait, that clogging up my let's, timeline. Let's wait a week. By the way, you, know who's, you know who's really regretting well, back Chiefs are going to be Chiefs are going to be eight and zero. They're not going to lose to the Browns. They're going to be eleven and zero when they face or ten and zero. You know who's regretting back treading is uh, our pal Larry, Larry David. David. Yeah, the, the Chiefs and they the went Texas. He took the Chiefs. We'll still give him the t- we'll still give him the Chiefs. He's LD man. Who did he have the, the Chiefs The only reason playing? why he took he, he he said the Chiefs and then he took it back. The crew laughed. The crew laughed. Yeah, exactly. He goes, it's like the SAT. You go with your first answer. <laughs> who did he have them playing in the Super Bowl? Chiefs and who? I can't, I can't I think remember. the Niners, right? 49ers? I, I want to say the Niners. Yeah, I think you're right. But, so who do you have, Falcons or and my, and my, my, my MVP and Coach of the Year took a hit this week. And so did mine. I, I mean, and Peterson is my rushing champ. Cam. Maybe that's why I'm upset about Monday night. And I wife Doug Martin, who's probably out. By the way, Steve but, Smith. But awesome. d- d- I don't know who. I guess it's not John Fox's call who's running the football. But where's Where's No. Sean Marino yeah, inside done, the five? Man. Yeah. Where's No. Sean Marino inside the, the league five? leader in touchdowns? Hillman. And Hillman puts it on the ground. Jeez. If they had scored, that, Hillman's out. Where's Monty Ball? Monty Ball puts it on. Well, the I, guess, I guess. They I guess. I guess. I guess the, the rock paper scissor didn't work yeah, out on that one. Seriously. All right. So, you guys All right, so I'm taking the Cardinals. I'm taking the Cardinals. Oh, I'm going to take the Falcons. They're They're going to find a stride here. I think at some point losing Roddy and Julio catches up. I'm I think so, Cardinals too. Cardinals, there we go. Um, fun show, guys. Yeah, fun show. Um, want to thank Dennis Miller, Paul Sheffrin, always helping out with that. I uh, want to thank uh, Ben uh, Roethlisberger and uh, Ryan Toner, right? Yep, Ryan Toner's agent and uh, Rose, Rose Garcia helped out with that yep. as well. And uh, Pat McAfee, who I DM'd. <laughs> Got him on. Quick international shout-out, Rich. Yep. Uh, this guy tells me no need to tap dance this week. I've got your shout-out right here, James Alex Young. He says he's off to Wembley this weekend to see Niners and Jags for his birthday. Also, go Pats. Very good. Um, also, I'm not kidding. Kickers are people, too. T-shirts are now available. BustedTees.com slash punters are people, too, or BustedTees.com slash kickers are people, too. My app did launch last week. How'd week one of the app go? I it, there's a couple glitches. I'm not going to lie. Okay. But that's the way things go with apps. But it's been generally well-received. Well-received? Yeah. Because you just you you go on there and you can chat with you find you hit you hit like the GPS system. You can get catfished. Like, <laughs> I mean, you can. I mean, you got to be careful. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I mean, you can find people like if you law want to find out where. Let's say you An were Eagles Bar. Let's yeah. say Chris Brockman, right? 
he's a, a very handsome man. That's true. He doesn't. He he's looking for a companion. Going over to a man's house that has a newborn kid watching football games. Yes, maybe he doesn't want to do that. Maybe he doesn't want to do that. Right? Maybe he doesn't want to do that. Maybe he would like to meet a like-minded Patriot fan, a like-minded Red Sox fan. World Series coming up maybe, on Wednesday. Maybe. Maybe you want to find a like-minded Syracuse person. Exactly. You put in your information. You hit the GPS button. You see who's close, and you start chatting it up. Or you're somebody who's married, and you want to find out where's the Penn State? No, 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 no. no. Where's the Penn State people? (laughs) Yeah, in town. Where Where are the other hillbillies who root for the Eagles? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Rich. (laughs) Where are those guys? I want to. I want to. I want to be surround myself with that. You put in your information. You hit that. You and you could chat, just like you're tweeting. You can chat with people. Did you see this thing on the game? I'm going to start. Chatting on there every now and then. Go to iTunes. It's called Free Agent. Go there. Good stuff. Um, I, I don't think I'm missing anything. I'm done. I'm done. We got everything else. Got it out there. At Chris Law. Thank you, Rich. At Chris Brockman. Good I'm at Rich Eisen for At the Eisen Podcast. Peace out. Hello, me Cookie Monster. Yeah, me always listen to the Rich Eisen Podcast. It's me favorite podcast. Yeah, me listen on NFL.com. Oh, and it's also on iTunes, just in case you not know that. Oh, me going to go listen right now. And for all of us here at the Medill School of Journalism, thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. Stay listening, dear friends.